Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on? It's your boy Hayes. Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Soul Podcast. At the top, you can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at the Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on what platform you're looking for us at. And on this week's episode, we have a few guests actually. Um, we got Miss uh, Shay Slays uh, in the building for we are jumping back into something I haven't done in quite a while into interviewing uh, black entrepreneurs. Um, so that is a great interview. I can't wait to give you that's replacing the in the mind of Hayes segment um, on this week's episode. And then we also have an interview with director Brandy Webb, whose uh, movie Betrayal of a Nation, um, in which they're putting America on trial for crimes against uh, African-Americans and society. Um, so be, be sure to check out that film and check out that interview. And then lastly, we got my cousin in the building, uh, Matt, a.k.a. Dem Dada. Um, from uh we got my cousin matt in the building aka them dada um make sure you check that out uh it's me him and also uh cory from the socially unacceptable podcast we're going to be talking about music what makes an artist legendary lauren hill we got a lot of stuff it's just a great overall conversation um so we're going to go ahead and get into that first we're going to jump into the interview with shay slays so we're going to get into that right after our intro music, which starts right now. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. actually skipping my dark and twisted crazy ass mind this week and we're skipping it to highlight black entrepreneurs and so the first one that i have up is um a woman who built her own fashion line off nothing but sheer strength and will and determination we have miss shay slays in the building and so uh first the first thing that i want to ask you is how did you get started in being an entrepreneur. So I can go back to, I guess, just really the start. Um, I was in the fashion academy in high school. So, you know, this was already my world from a young age. Um, I was born and raised in, in Jamaica. So coming here to America was, you know, my parents, my mom brought me here um, for better opportunities. And um, 
my mom actually came here like two to three years prior to coming to get me and my sister. We stayed with my dad. And then after we moved here, my dad moved here. Um, so um, fast forward, I, I gave that island background because the parents, they mm. don't understand the create the creative side of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to be a doctor, lawyer, teacher, all of those things that they think, you know, is, is the, the right path. And, you know, but for some reason, my heart always led me back to fashion. It just made me feel good. It made me feel good to make other people feel good and look beautiful and feel beautiful and confident. So um, actually last not last year, we're in 2021, 2019, I, um, I booked a flight to LA, um, for one of my friend's birthday. She lives in Atlanta. And I was like, girl, meet me in LA. Let's go to beauty con. And so, um, I was there like a day earlier and I learned that the fashion district was in LA. Mm -hmm. And so I went walking, went for a scroll, a stroll down the street. And these two guys like just stopped me in my tracks and they were just like, wow, you're so beautiful. Are you a model? And I was like, no. Um, they were like, well, we want you to model for us. And I like, didn't even know these guys. I just followed them into an alley that they told me to come with them. I was like, okay. They wanted me to like <laughs> model their stuff. I was like, okay, sure. Why not? So I went into their studio. Um, and within seconds, I was already modeling like their vintage clothing and stuff. And I think I had did post that on Twitter. Um, I started my Twitter just like as like a fun thing. But obviously now it's like business. Mm. But um, so, yeah, so they told me where to go in the fashion district to find certain things. And because I told them what I had in mind. And so I didn't have much time there because um, it was just like a weekend trip. So when I came back home to Miami, I like literally was like, what am I doing here? And I ended up just like booking a one-way flight back to LA like the same week wow. and booked a one-way. Didn't know how long I was going to be there. I packed enough clothes for about a week, but I didn't know how long I was going to be. One of my friends from Florida was living there at the time. And she was like, girl, you can stay with me, you know, and I'm a person that don't like to be in people's spaces for too long. So mm -hmm. once I figured out that I was, it's clearly moving like more than a week, I had to call my parents. Like they sent, they shipped me a box of clothes um, cause I, like I said, I didn't have clothes. I had to shop for clothes. Now I had to find somewhere to stay cause I didn't want to be in this girl's space for so long. Um, so I was like Airbnb in it, hotel in it. Like I literally went broke <laughs> because <laughs> I was like trying to fund this dream of mine. I was trying to learn all of the things that I needed to learn. I was going to the fashion district every single day, trying to like find my vendors, my manufacturers, connecting with people for tags, for clothing, for fabric. And so it just became to where I literally ended up being there for a month and two days, not even planned. Um, I even got a job like the first week I was out there because I was like, well, I'm going broke. How am I going to fund me being out here? <laughs> yeah. And I ended up quitting the job like literally the day after I started because I was like, I did not come here to work for anybody. Like I came here to do my own thing, to like find my own like voice, really discover what it is that I want to do in this fashion world. And so I ended up quitting. Um, and I went, I really did go broke to the point where my dad like sent me a picture of his debit card. My mom mailed me her credit cards in the mail. Wow. Um, she ordered from Capital One and had them mail me like a, like, you know, the authorized user, whatever mm. card. So um, that's how I was able to kind of like stay afloat with like food and like just finding a place to stay and moving around to like whatever was cheaper as far as like hotel, Airbnb, things like that. And then finally I was just like, um, I did a photo shoot while I was there with one of my friends um you know with the inventory that i bought all of those things 
But then I was just like, Shailene, you're like, you cannot keep depending on your parents. You know, like they, you can't like, I, I felt so bad using their money. Mm -hmm. So I literally was like, it's time to come home. Um, you know, and that was within like the first like two and a half weeks. But when I called my dad, um, he was like, you know, like you can't come home. I took a, I saw your vision board and it had the Hollywood sign on there and you're right where you need to be. And I was just like, it's not a coincidence, you know? And I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to stick it out. And I stuck it out as long as I could. But then I was just like, I can't keep, you know, running up their money. And I'm an adult. Like, I need to be responsible. So I need to make the adult decision to just go home. And so that day, I literally threw my, my brand launch up there. And it just did not go the way I wanted it to go. I didn't even see a penny. Like, nobody even clicked wow. on the site. I was like, dang. Why did I do like I rushed this thing? So when I came home, I ended up just giving all the inventory away because it was things that I couldn't even fit. So I wasn't even the model. Mm -hmm. And like the brand is my name. So it just it just all didn't it was just too rushed. And so that was in September of 2019. And so um January of 2020, I um well, I remember going viral for my a video that I posted of my style while I was in the hotel room in L.A. And everybody just asking me what I was wearing. They were loving the confidence. They were loving the vibe. They were just loving on me. And I was, you know, girls were DMing me, like just appreciating the fact that I was so unapologetically confident in myself and my body. And I realized that when they were asking me what I was wearing and where is it from, I was sending them to New York and Company, Fashion Nova, Pretty Little Thing. I was sending them to all of these brands that are already established when I already have the resources and knowledge myself to put that money back in my own pocket. Mm -hmm. So that's when it clicked for me. And so January, I was just like, all right, we're going to do this because you did not literally go across the country a five-hour flight there and back to and go and went broke and all of the things that you went through while you were in a, a new city where you basically knew nobody you know to just come home and just not do anything about it and to just continue to be regular and continue to just sit in your brokenness like yeah. no so um that's when i was like all right we're gonna go for it and crazy thing, I just, February 2nd, I phoned a friend. I'm like, hey, girl, what are you doing? Like, I need, I have two items that I found. Um, it's plus size. And I'm just going to launch with these items because they can fit me. I'm going to be the model. You're going to take my pictures. And that's how it went. And we went, literally went to um, Palm Beach downtown outside, took some pictures and launched that item. And the support was so real that day. Um and I was so grateful and I was just on a high. I'm like, no, we're going to keep this going. And, um, and so in February I didn't goal set, but in March, um, I started to goal set. I made a goal for like $2,000, I think, because I was like, that's what I made in February without even goal setting. Let's, let's do that this month. Um, and when the pandemic hit, like the, that was in the middle of March and that's like a month in, um, the end of March, I ended with 11 K in sales, like within my wow. first, basically my first month. So, um, it really was like, it showed me that I was walking in my purpose finally. And that was like, all I've wanted to do was, was make an impact while making an income. And being that I was making an impact on so many women, like girls would literally 
DM me, text me crying, like with the fact that like I'm helping them find their confidence by just literally being me on the timeline. And that just made me so grateful. And I, it just sparked that it lit that fire onto my ass to just keep going. And so, you know, while everybody was telling me to go inside because it's a pandemic, I was like, no, I need to twirl in these dresses. <laughs> I need to give the people what they want. And actually, I want to put out there that February 2nd, I had no idea this was my great grand. This was my grandfather's, my late grandfather's birthday. I just learned that this year on my one year anniversary, um, he passed away in 2018. Uh, And my dad just told me that literally on my one year anniversary on February 2nd, I like went to my parents and my dad was like, you know, it's your grandfather's birthday. I'm like, it's my anniversary. What? (laughs) And I didn't know that. I'm like, listen, the universe makes no mistakes. Like I didn't even think of February 2nd as like a date. It just happened, you know, Um, it just happened naturally. So that's how I got started is I just picked up on the fact that everybody was loving the energy, loving the vibe, loving my style. And I had the resources and knowledge and it's something that is dear to my heart, fashion. So I just decided to, you know, put that money back into my own pocket and, and start my brand. I was always a, a great salesperson. I was top sales every, every job that I worked at in the beauty industry, in retail. I was always number one every month um, in sales. So I know how to sell. <laughs> so that was a given. Um, and the jobs that I had really molded me to be great at customer service and to just um, really connect and build those relationships with customers. And that's how I build my brand is by just building that community and really building a relationship. I'm not really salesy at all. Like I just tell them to go get it and they go get it. Like (laughs) I just really build that relationship. I really like make it my duty to know who my girls are, to know what they want to ask questions and to really connect. Like I give them access to me, like no other brand owner I've seen. Um, So yeah, that just works for me. That's awesome. And I think like the the great thing about your story is that you did it all your own and that you were driven by pa- nothing but passion. And that's that's what makes it special. Um, and then, you know, we social media is used for a lot and there's a lot of craziness and hate that sometimes spread on social media. But it's such a, a great tool to use, especially for entre- entrepreneurs and creatives if you want to build. And so uh, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, you're so welcome. And to your point, it really is. Social media is really what you make it. Because like I said, I got on there for laughs. Like, I I really was just like, I'm, I'm getting on here. I hear Twitter is funny. I got off. Like, I was on early when it started, like 2019. But obviously, I was in like high middle school, high school. So it was just like a bunch of drama or whatever. So I decided to get off in like 2013 or 14. And I didn't get back on until 2017. And so I really like built a following. I built you know, Shay Slays to 23,000 followers in less than a year. And that was taken away from me, you know, in that's, November. And, and I'm crazy. and I'm just, just crazy. But you know what? I'm okay with rebuilding. I'm already at almost 10K in two months. Like that shows you like I'm intentional about my community and intentional about really building that relationship. I became an influencer on accident because I had to be the model for my brand. I am the face of my brand and the name. Granted, I do um, want to put out there that I do... Um, I do plan to incorporate other models and other women of all sizes um, at a later date, you know, when when the budget <laughs> yeah. 
um, when it when it plays into the budget. As of right now, I will continue to be the face and the name of the brand. Um, but I do want to give the girls what they want, and I know that they want to see that inclusivity. So I want to put that out there that I will be doing that later on because I know there was some controversy around that in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, at the beginning, I was really sensitive about my shit and I didn't want to hear it. And I'm like, well, why can I model my own stuff? So I'm just going to put that out there that, yes, I receive it. I understand what you guys want and I get why you want to see women that look like you so that you can get an idea and gauge what that will look like on you. So I will be giving you girls that very soon. So definitely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Best thing, what is the best thing about being an entrepreneur? The best thing is literally doing whatever the hell I want, <laughs> what I want. Like, okay. that, I think that's the best thing is just like being able to just be on your own time um, and to create your own schedule, to be your own boss. Like, I think that's the best thing for me, but also um, to to see the impact that I have on others is really dear to my heart. Like that really like does something for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's it's and I, I try not to make this series about me. I don't know if you know. Like I saw so I started photography in a video production company and like over the last year of doing that, like I've seen it go from like me getting hired to like do like five year olds birthday parties till now mm-hmm. somebody just hired me to do this web series that they want to do um oh wow and so it's like it, it's 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 amazing and i found photography by chance like i literally got a yeah. camera to start promoting my podcast to, like do little promo videos and like when mm-hmm. i got the first one i was like you know what i really really like this and so i learned video and stuff completely self-taught now like i'm at the point i really i'm releasing my second short film in two weeks so it's like it's a, it's an amazing feeling. Uh, when you, wow, when you I'm so happy to hear that. That's so good. Listen, God be working, okay? Like, you think that, <laughs> that you're just fact. doing a hobby and, like, oh, this is just fun to you, and then it becomes so surreal. And so, exactly, like, social media definitely plays a part, too, in being intentional about how you use it for business. But I'm so happy to hear that. Congrats to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, welcome. I hate asking this question. I, I probably need to find a better way to present this. It's not what's the worst <laughs> Let me thing. Hear it. Let me hear it. What's the worst thing about being uh, an entrepreneur? But I, I guess it's better. Like, what's the most difficult thing? Because if you're doing it, if you're in your passion and you're in your purpose, yeah, it's, it's not, not really, the worst it's thing. not the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just difficult. So the, yeah. So I think that you found your perfect word in right there. What's the most difficult? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's the most difficult thing about being an entrepreneur? Um, I think for me right now is to just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most difficult thing because um, constantly, like I'm always on go like it, it, and it gets so draining. It gets very draining, not because I'm not doing what I love because I am. Mm-hmm. It gets draining because of, I don't have balance right now. Like sense. we have to find the balance. Um, last year was so like, you know, obviously now I'm going into year two. It last year, my first year was really, really rough, man. Just navigating as a new entrepreneur. And, you know, when you work a nine to five, it's like, this things come so easy because you have somebody telling you what to do, but you being the boss, you're the one that has to make all the hard decisions. And I had to make so many tough decisions. I I mean, like I, people didn't even really see the behind the scenes. I've had to send out cease and desist like on the spot. Like I've had to pay a lawyer and lawyers are not, I literally didn't even have a lawyer when this happened. I had to walk up to my front desk at my office and say, Hey, um, can you give me a lawyer in the building? 
and they were able to give me a lawyer and he was like, yeah, it's going to be $300 an hour for me to send a cease and desist. And I was like, well, can you do it in an hour? Because really, I, <laughs> like, I'm not even supposed to be paying for this, but I really need this person to stop running their mouth on social media. I really need this person to stop doing this. And um, someone tried to literally, they signed a, a non-disclosure with my brand and thought that they were going to steal my vendors and start their own shit um, while while working for me. So um, that was something that I had to do. So that was one of the difficult moments and one of the hard decisions um, that I had to make when I decided to dissolve that business and that partnership with that person. Um, And those, that's just one of the things like I, I went through just so much in my first year. That's like, I still had to handle it with grace. And that's the thing you cannot like just run. I had to learn. You can't just run to social media with all of these things. Like, even though I want to show people the good, the bad and the ugly, some things I really can't put out there. Um, And so the most difficult thing for me right now is to just literally keep going when I'm depressed. Like when I lost my Twitter account, I was so depressed. I was like, damn, like, I built this shit brick by brick, like that man said, (laughs) brick by brick. I literally built this. I felt like all my hard work was like just gone to like, just gone down the drain. Um, And I was like, dang, I really don't feel like rebuilding right now. Like, but you know what? That really lit a fire onto my ass. That made me realize, okay, even though Twitter is 95% of your business, you might need to tap into other social media apps. And so I became intentional about growing my Instagram um, to where now I'm a, I'm a paid influencer two months into growing. So I'm getting partnerships every week. Like I'm securing at least five to 10 partnerships a week and collaborations wow. per week by just intentionally like, okay, I'm gonna focus on this too. I'm not just going to make this my sole focus. So it really is hard to keep going, but I I've learned strategies and habits to keep going um, by you know, when you work a nine to five, you know that you need to get up at a certain time, meditate, whatever, get your mind ready for the day. But you got to be clocked in at that job at that time. So I've set business hours for myself um, to, to say, you know, this is the time that you have to be in the office, not in your car, in the garage, in the office and actually working from this time to this time. These are the days that you're shipping because you have that on your website that these are the day these people's orders are going to ship out. So I'm intentional about that. I'm intentional about my self-care Sundays. I, I really, I'm like, I'm not working on Sundays because I was working Monday to Sunday. So I was being, I was getting drained. Um, and even though sometimes on Sundays I'll open my laptop and I'll be like, all right, I see an email. I might as well respond to it. Cause I'm not that person that's like, okay, it's Sunday. You emailed me. I'm gonna wait till Monday to email you back. Like, no, if I see it, I'm going to respond. If you DM me, I'm going to respond. So, you know, why not? I have my phone in my hand. I'm not doing anything. I might as well. So I do little stuff like that here and there, but I'm intentional about not going to my office. I'm intentional about self-love, self-care, buying myself roses, lighting a candle. I'm intentional about those things on Sunday, finding the balance. Um, I'm intentional about being present in my relationships, my friendships and my family. Like it was times last year when I would like, I would be with my, my ex and we would literally be at dinner eating and I'm working on my phone while we're eating. And he's just looking over there like, dude, can you like, can we just have a moment? And I'm like, dang, I'm sorry. Like, let me just, I gotta, I gotta take this payment real quick. Like she needs this dress. And so I became really like intentional about being present in those moments because that caused a strain, you know, on, on things. So, um, just really finding the balance and being intentional about, 
keep going like and being consistent and not constant because that's mm. how you have been trained. So I live by that. Consistent, not constant. Don't constantly do the same thing over and over. Just be consistent with what you're what you're doing and forming those habits. Don't be wrapped up in the numbers. Form the habits and your numbers are going to literally skyrocket. There you go. There you go. I was good. Is that your tip? I was gonna ask. last question I mean, is is give give a tip to any anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur. But I think you just did. I mean, no, that's not my. T- well, it could be a part of the tip. Okay. So consistency, consistent, not constant, <laughs> and form habits. Not not be wrapped up in numbers. But I do like to leave off with affirmations as mm, my tip. Okay. So my affirmation to you guys, whoever's listening, is. Um, Delay is not denial and rejection is redirection. Mm. So that's my tip. De- delay is not denial and re- rejection is redirection. I always say no means next. Literally. I don't care for the word. No, like it, it's not. It, it literally means nothing to me. Like I play around and I'm like, you know, people like, I don't like to hear the word. No, but in my business life, it just really means next. Like when I slide in the DMs of a customer and I'm like, hey, girl, these are the new items for the week. Let me know what you love, you know. Um, and they're like, oh, I don't want anything this week. Okay, that's fine. All right, babe. Catch you next week. And I'm on to the next person. Hey, babe. These are new <laughs> items. Like, awesome. what is it? Like, it means, you know, like when somebody tells you no to an opportunity, it just means that opportunity just wasn't for you. It didn't align with you. Move on to the next one. So, yep, that's my tip. <laughs> well, there ha- there you have it. Go ahead and give them your social media so they can follow you and reach out to you if they if they so choose. Yes, if you connect with me or resonate with me, um my social media, my Instagram is on the screen. It's at Shayslay, so C H A Y Y S L A Y S. My Twitter, my new Twitter is not Shayslay, so not and then C H A Y Y S L A Y Y S. Um, and you can find all the links to like my brands and all of that, um, in my bios for all my social media. Perfect. Well, I want to thank you again for taking time out to do this with me. I I can't stress enough how much this means. I really want to use my platform to highlight more black entrepreneurs. So I really want to thank you for that. Yes. I love that. Thank you for reaching out to me and for the opportunity to be on your platform. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A young urban mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up ten. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Yum came into existence. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. gentlemen welcome to another episode of the awakened soul podcast and i have two people who are family to me in the building today we're going to be discussing lauren hill uh her legacy everything else but before we get into any and all that shit let's introduce my guest first up we got my brother Corey in the building from socially unacceptable what's up how y'all doing uh follow us at a dope little podcast it's all there. It's weird. I'm, I'm not sure what to do. Like, <laughs> then we also got my family in the building. My cousin, Mr. Dimdada himself. What's going on, bro? Man, tell him, man. Happy to be here, bro. I finally got a chance to come in the building. This is dope, man. I'm super excited to get this show on the road. Man. Uh, definitely, man. Let's go ahead and get into it, man. So, Lauren Hill, as we know, her album just went diamond after being on the market for like 23 years, and that sparked up some discussion about if she's a legend or if she just happened to make a legendary album. I personally think that the the question is an easy answer, but because people are talking about it, fuck it, why not? Let's talk about it. So first off, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. What do you guys, where do you guys rank it as far as the classic? Oh, in my opinion, it's definitely a classic. I dispute it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't even know that was something. They were, <laughs> I didn't even know that was, um, That's what we talked it was about. a discussion <laughs> on that. Like, oh, right? the album? The album flat, flat out. It's, it's a historical album, man. Perfect. Some things are just unquestioned classic. Like, you, you just, it's culturally, you just don't even argue if it's a classic or not. It's one of the best albums of all time. Um, I think also, like, people get caught up on the fact that she only had the one album and then she had her fall. And then she, they, they like making the jokes about not showing up for concerts and shit on time. But fucking all of that, the album, the body of work, I don't care if she never picked up or wrote a bar again in her life. That album solidified her as a, as a legend, period. Right, right. And I think even get the legendary status, you know, what her contributions have done to music beyond just the album. For sure. You know, we're even writing for Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston. Hey, Leo! Leo! <laughs> Y'all, Leo. <laughs> Leo! Leo! Go! Go! Leo. <laughs> Nah, you oh, it's it. cool. <laughs> it just made me want one. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, so the album is definitely a classic. She's an all-time great performer. And I think people, too, and I guess we'll get into the conversation if she's a legend outside of just the album. But people forget that Lauryn Hill with the bars was fucking dangerous. Has one, still to this day, has one of the best verses directed at Tupac, man, woman, or child. And people forget about that shit. So, 
What do you guys think? Lyricist, bro. I went back and looked up on some of her freestyle. Mm-hmm. Bro, what she was doing off the dome even back then. You know, really challenging the system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She was calling people the music industry, yeah. everything. The way that she did is so articulate. Mm-hmm. It, hey, bro, she, she was a dope artist, bro. That's a fact. That's a fact. Corey, One of the think? things that I got from her is like, and I didn't appreciate it at the time when I first heard her, but like as an adult, the miseducation helped me understand what love really is. Mm. Yeah. And became comfortable with talking about it with my homies while we discussing the album. So it's like just by that fact alone, being able to create that discussion and being able to be vulnerable about something that really wasn't talked about a whole lot in music at the time. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. To me, that by itself like makes her a legend in my eyes. Yeah, because yeah. of her impact and the way she had on the way I listen to music, hands down, like I, no no contest. Yeah, what do you what? So, what do you think about like when people say that she's not a legend? And this is the, this is the way that I look at it is that not only is she a legend because of her own solo album, but the Fugees wouldn't have been what the Fugees were without Lauryn Hill. The Fugees oh, was the first rap album I ever owned. Okay, I was I want to say seven years old. In Virginia Beach, it was like the first CD I found. Put it in, ready or not, all of that. Mm-hmm. Just like the hint, mm-hmm. it was one of my first introductions to hip hop. Makes sense. That's Makes crazy. Sense. And so, like, I'll forever like you can't tell me she's not a legend, <laughs> <laughs> right? And even but. the music videos when she's sitting in the theater rapping, I'm just like, that was the first time I seen people that look like me on TV yeah. preaching. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, for sure. And then Matt, before you go, the one thing I want to point out too is that as many people that they talk about how the public likes to push fair-skinned black women why don't we acknowledge that lauren hill was probably the first dark-skinned rap female rapper to be a household name keep in mind i was in i lived in germany when the fujis dropped and you could you couldn't go anywhere without hearing the shit in germany so that's how that's how spread the fujis were and lauren hill were like at that time so like what do you what do you think man i think i i I give a legendary status because how her influences her musical influences affected generations after her. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, she doesn't get credit for being one of the most sampled artists, but you hear her in Drake, Beyonce, Rihanna. I mean, legendary artists that's 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 running the game now are coming from under her direct influence. That's a fact. You know, like you really didn't hear about people having R and B rap albums collab together mm-hmm. from the same artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Drake got his whole style, in my opinion, from what Lauren Hill set the example from. You know what I'm saying? So see what that example is has taken and push it to other artists that's living on. Mm-hmm. That's legendary status, in my opinion. Yeah, and if, even that? if you think about the way the miseducation was structured, like with the skits, and like I actually felt like I was in the classroom. Yeah, I felt that also paved the way for a lot of ways. A lot of the albums that we deem as classics were shaped. Like if you think mm-hmm. of how, like just structurally, how Good Kid, Mad City is structured, it tells you that story mm-hmm. all the way through. I felt mm-hmm. like her albums was one. I don't want to say the first, but one of the first to have the impact on me that did that. Yeah. That I could just sit through and listen from start to finish and be captured all the way through. It's it, yeah, it's it, it's one of the best concept albums of all time. One of the best albums of all time. You can categorize it as hip hop. You can categorize it like how the album itself can't be denied. And then like Lauren Hill's like what she meant to the culture. And, and Matt, you touched on is that there are people still to this day, whether they even know it or not, are riding off the coattails of what Lauren Hill was able to establish for female artist at that point in time so at like the question of is she if she's a legend like the fact that and i it's it would be different if it was like 20 25 year olds that are having this question but this is people our age 30 mid 30s 40s having this conversation i'm in this facebook group and this dude was like there's no way in hell that lauren hill 
is a legend. And I'm like, how how do you, how can you say that so unequivocally that she is no way in hell a legend? And then this is so one of my uh, co-hosts, Marquis, on the Breaks Radio pointed this out. Um, and you let me know what, what you guys think about this. People don't doubt Andre 3000 as a legend, right? Would you say universally? He's the go to mind. Okay. Man. You know where I stand. Exactly. And so <laughs> people having the argument that Lauryn Hill only had one album, Andre 3000 to this day has never had a solo album. But what he was able to do and meant to the culture and like his features, he killed everything. Lauren Hill not only is part of one of the greatest groups of all time, she has one of the greatest solo albums of all time. And I'm not comparing her to 3000. I'm just saying that if you look at their resumes, sure, Outkast was around longer. They had more longevity. But that's because the Fugees, if the Fugees never broke up, man, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting. Who do you guys think uh, the second part of the conversation? So we've established Lauren Hill's a legend. For anyone who's doubting that and listening to this, you guys now know Lauren Hill's a legend. But in music, coming up, who do you guys think has the potential to reach that legendary status of, like, the newer age? And by the newer age, I mean, like, 2000 and artists that debuted 2010 up until now. Um, I got Nip definitely would have been there. Oh, yeah, for sure. And even the way his passing went on, you know, and I think his music has highlighted more since. Definitely. You know, that's actually getting that reach. So I definitely got Nip in there. Um, I think Cole has that ability. Kendrick. Mm-hmm. You know them type of cats. I I think I I see them on that that progression. Okay, that can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was Kendrick. Of course, I feel like yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's I feel that, like every yeah. music conversation I have with anybody, I got to take Kendrick off the table because that's like a gift. exactly. Um, but for me, like just because I really like uh, the whole TDE heavy, mm-hmm. I think Schoolboy Schoolboy Q would definitely hit that legend status for what he does, the way he does it, mm-hmm. the energy. His energy matches the depth of his content, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot. A lot of times when people listen to him, they just they all, they hear energy. But if right. you actually listen bar for bar what he's saying, he's spitting with the best of them. Okay, the thing that Mayho and I, I Schoolboy Q is fucking amazing, so I'm not taking away from that. But do you think that Schoolboy A doesn't do very many features when he doesn't drop an, have an album either coming or out? He completely drops off the face of the earth. Do you think that's going to hurt him reaching legendary status? Oh, no, not at all, because I feel like a lot of the greats do. Kendrick does it. Like, he'll drop an album, and then we yeah. won't hear from him for yeah. years, and then we see him, he's record, he's shooting a music video. Yeah. And then they drop unexpectedly, we're not, we don't, mm-hmm. can't prepare for it. But, um, so yeah, I don't think that, it, and I like that in my artists, maybe it's just because the way I listen to music and the artists that I follow, I like artists that disappear for themselves, that who aren't yeah. always updating their social media, because that kind of just shows me that they're human, too. Yeah. Right. And that's, I, and maybe it's just because we've been podcasting and talking to artists, I relate to the artists who are like open about stuff like that. Like, yeah, they they go away, but when they're working, we know when they're working. Like, we can always expect something unless they say, "Yo, I'm done." Yeah. For sure. So I don't think that'll hurt them in the long run. If not, that um, lack of avail- availability will help. Okay. Right. Like Frank Ocean, who did who drop a classic, True. disappear for ten years. They come out with another one, disappear. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if a lot of artists did that, I think that adds more to their craft, and you can tell when they're really focused and locked in, and it shows in the project when it comes out. I can't argue any of that. that all right, cool. Uh, staying, in, staying, <laughs> staying in TDE, what do you think, and this is because this is a guy that I really fuck with, um, what do you think Reason's progression is going to be? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> mm. I knew you were going to ask that, and I didn't want to answer. Because I, 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 let, me, let me set the stage. I think Reason has the potential to, to even with, 
one and a half albums since they're not counting his first album as a full album anymore for some reason. But Reason has the the ability to get there. For some reason, for me, the I get the feeling from Reason he's still trying to chase that mainstream hit and he doesn't fucking need it. And I think that hurts him as an artist, if that makes sense. Whereas like Schoolboy, everybody else in TDE, they do their shit. Like J-Rock having a huge hit with Win was just off the fact that that was just a song he fucking had fun with. He wasn't chasing the single at all. Like, you never get that feeling from almost anybody in that camp. But Reason, like, I love Light It Up, but when he dropped that shit, I'm like, what? why? Why this song? You've been gone for a year. Why this song? What do you guys think? And I think that might be the reason, that reason. <laughs> um, like, because he, he's a phenomenal artist, but for me personally, he hasn't done anything to, like, separate himself from, like, other artists along that same vein. Like, maybe it's just, I don't know if it's whether the flow the delivery because mm-hmm. once i actually like oh you tell me this is reason i tap in i'm, I'm a fan because i love his storytelling and things like that yeah. but like just off of face value he sound better with dreamville artists than he do exactly. with exactly other artists yeah. and sometimes i can't tell it's him like somebody be like oh yeah i'm playing this reason song so but like and then when i listen bar for bar he's still dope but to me he hasn't done anything to separate himself and i don't know whether if that because that kind of speaks to the chemistry maybe with between his flows and the beats they yeah. all just sound so similar to me okay and so that's my really only problem with reason. I like him as an artist, but I just don't. You can tell he's still working through chasing something, like you said. Yeah. And um, I think it shows in the music. Right. Man, what do you think? And I'm thinking because of that, like I really haven't followed reason too hard. Okay. You know, because I mean, because like you said, it doesn't. It's not anything that really separates itself to me. What I do here, I hear like, oh, that's him. Oh, okay, yeah, that's dope. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Lin- uh, Lamborghini Lambo, the Lambo truck. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Fire. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But when I but fire. when I go back and try to listen to other things, like, oh okay. It's not that it's dope, but it it's sounds like something I've heard, heard before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And especially with T D E when you got J Rock that done came so hard, you see what Scooboy done did. You know, like that level of standard mm-hmm. is a little bit higher on that side, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. so so what you gonna do that's really gonna separate yourself? And I can't imagine the pressure being on that roster alone. Oh man, like because uh, Isaiah Rashad, one of my favorite mm-hmm. rappers, like even outside of TDE, one of my favorite rappers to date. Like, um, and then because I was watching some old interviews he did talking about like how he had like struggles with addiction. I can imagine being under the kind of pressure on that that lineup. Yeah. So like. I also want to take that into account when I'm listening to Reason because, like, the first thing we bring up is that everybody else on TDE compared to Reason. Right. And so it's like, you got to, I try to keep that in mind when I talk about Reason because, like, I like him. I just can't wait to see when he develops his own sound. And because their roster is crazy with, like, Zakari, Sir, Mm -hmm. they cover everything. And he just hasn't set himself apart just yet. I think he will eventually. And when it does happen, it's going to be big. I just don't think we're there yet. Makes sense. That makes sense. What, so when you guys look at, legends right and i know we're talking about people who could become legends there's a few different like the way that i break it down there's a few different categories of what made people legends you could be a legend for what you do culturally you can be a legend for sales you can be a legend for a combination of everything or just you can be a legend for great music like black thought is a legend because the motherfucker can literally you can just hand him pieces of papers with words on it and he can rap all have you either one of you guys ever been to the roots picnic i haven't i've always wanted to Going to the Roots picnic solidified Black Thought as one of the greatest MCs of all time. In my, and I'm, that's why I'm not saying rapper. I'm not just like MCs. The way that he commands a crowd and the be- second to, bu- I always say Buster, people always laugh. Buster Rhymes is the greatest live performer I've ever personally seen. If you ever, okay. if you ever went to see, if you ever saw Buster Rhymes at his height live, he put on a show. 
But Black Thought is right underneath that for me. Now, like I said, I haven't been to the Roots picnic, mm-hmm. but I have seen the Roots live. My first concert, we went to um to up to Cleveland. CeeLo opened, Jaguar right. Come on now. The Roots and the cast. Mm. That was my first concert. Okay. To see all them do their thing and their element. And this is like, oh, two maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Bombs Over Bad Day just came out. So it was right after Stank On You. Okay. To see that show live. And that's what really put me onto the Roots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the way they got down in it, you know, and I'm, as a musician, to see the musicianship, what they did with the Roots band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aren't they like the only all black band for I don't even know how many years now? I believe so. My lifetime. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, I feel you on that. On thought, that boy got go. Yeah. You see what he do live, like amazing, man. And he started off when I saw him at the Roost Picnic. He came out and he he literally just as he walked out just started it wasn't a song or nothing just started rapping and like to see the people in the crowd eat off every word of a of a song that none of us have ever fucking heard was it was life changing for me <laughs> literally it was life changing for me um but like we talked a lot about rappers let's get into R&B who who's who's the R&B legends but for me Masego is the only one that I could think of sir I know you're a sir person but Masego to me is like he's the cream of the crop in R in R and B for me right now. For sure, I um I'm I don't want to say I'm just now recently getting hip because like I've listened to interviews and stuff he's done, mm-hmm. but his music is phenomenal. But if we talk in R and B, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this too, um for me I'm in love with the weekend. Like I'm I'm a day one weekend fan. When when uh his hair was short, homeless. Mm-hmm. He had the Echoes of Silence Thursday and the House of Balloons. They were all individual projects that they right. eventually put the trilogy. But like when those first came out, so to see him go from that to performing at the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah, like to me, he will forever be. Granted, now take all the con- step away from the content just to watching his story and growth. Oh, he's forever one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah. The story you can't deny, her, but the weekend's music always for me has been hit or miss. Legit. For me, it's always been hit or miss. I can't think of a time that I listen to a weekend project and walk away from it thinking like, oh, this this is I always it's bits and pieces for me that I take away from it. See, I got weekend. He's more he's more of a playlist artist for me. Mm. Really? Yeah. But I'm but honestly, that's a lot of new R and B for me, period. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I'm thinking R and B, I'm still that late nineties, early two thousand type 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 mode. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of newer R&B get the songs that I kind of like, put them on a the playlist. Mm. He might end up with two or three tracks, but <laughs> that, it ain't something that's really making my rotation. Okay. But I respect his musicianship. You know what I'm saying? My musicianship, like, he's a beast. Don't get me wrong. But like you said, but most of it is hit or miss. So give me my three fold. <laughs> I'm going to ride them hard and, you know. It's, that's me too. Really? Because to real. me, I see him like, he a modern day prince. Like, mm. <laughs> who can sing like Mike. He got like, vocals. I mean, he can sing. It's not. It's not. It's so like his vocal ability. You can't take away from. Him. I almost more prefer the shit that the weekend does for other artists than himself. It, it's just not. It doesn't resonate with me, man. And I and I like I said. I know. I thought you would say, sir. You put me on, sir. First time ever on socially unacceptable. You put me on, sir. When you guys were recording in the uh, in the other building, sir. I love sir, but I. And because I always believe music is time and place. So with Sir, when I found Sir, I was going through some stuff that his music spoke to directly. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so like, um, and that's why I always have trouble talking about legends and top fives and greatest. But yeah. it's just like, for me, music is where I'm at. Uh, yeah, what's going, what am I going through? Does it connect with me? 
and my right. receptive to it. So like, sir, well, forever just because the um the album November. I actually like November more mm. than his latest one, just because of where I was at the time and how it helped me. And that's just. And after talking to y'all, I'm realizing that's really how it is with my music taste in general with Lauryn Hill. Because, um, like, one of the first, and we, it's funny I bring up Black Thought, because the first music video that comes to mind, like, in recent memory, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, was You Got Me with Erica Badu and the oh, Roots. Love mm, it. Okay. Love it. Like, I'll, I'll never forget. It was like 95, 96. I'm sitting in my godmom's room with the videos <laughs> on TV. Like, uh-uh. I remember this vividly. Okay. And that was, like, my introduction to hip hop. And then after that, I found. The Fuji's album and all of that, and so um, my bad. I just went on the tangent there, but yeah, the weekend for me, I think, is forever a legend. Like he got Kids Choice Awards off the same songs he talking about blow. Yeah, you can't tell, like yeah. his presentation of his material. <laughs> okay, is fire. okay, okay, man. Who you got as a legend? Man, I'm looking more. I got music. Okay, that music soul child, and I don't think he really gets the credit that he deserves, even with his pen. Like the boy is a beast. He got time in, you know, I mean, the albums that he's put out, he got classic hits that's going to go down wedding songs from here on out. You know what I'm saying? I'm, when true. you got substantial work that's going to pass generations, I think that's what I look for when I'm thinking legend. That's going to get you in that type of standing. But I think he's somebody that should be brought up in that conversation more that really doesn't get the credit. I like that. You're right. I'd never hear his name brought up in top it, we, we take We take legend for granted. I mean, music for granted, right? Like, I really do feel like you saying that just brought it all home because music has been, A, he's been consistent. Like, what what are we about two, three decades in for music? I was still in middle school, I think, when music debuted. So, like, we're two de- decades in with music soul child being around for a while. And, yeah, he just, and he just, oh, hell, he just had an album. Was that last year? The long ass <laughs> album? And, yeah. So, all right. I like that one. I'm, I was at UC. He came and did a free concert. He did like a two-hour set. You know, they used to bring in artists all the time. Mm. But dude broke the show down and did damn near a half a Prince concert. And when I say he killed it, bro, Crazy. you know, I mean, I thought Prince was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was at the make his boy. The boy is cold, man. Yeah. Like, so, but these type of artists, they don't get the recognition, man. But he he he, he the truth. All right. I like that. I'm going to go with a super underrated one for my next one who I think is, and this isn't R&B, but somebody who I think is a legend that probably would never get his flowers. You may be too young for this. I'm not trying to age as a new. <laughs> no, you good, you good. Devin the Dude. Oh, mm, yeah, legend, for sure. Oh. And, and, and so I remember I was listening to Devin the Dude. It was about, I think it was after Drake's second album dropped. I, I was at work listening to Devin the Dude. And I worked with some people who were younger than me. And uh, they were like, who's Devin the Dude? I was like, is he a rapper? Is he a singer? I'm like, oh, he's everything. He was like, oh, so it's a Drake clone. I'm like, first of all, Drake wishes that he could be as good at both as what Devin the Dude is. Man. Oh, wow. Devin the Dude, bro. Now, I'm late. I'm maybe second half back catalog Devin the Dude. Okay. But... At a time where I started to learn more about life is when I got introduced to yeah. Devin the Dude. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense. I get it. Never been the same since. Like that sweet 420. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal project. His interlude where he just, even if it's just him crooning on the beat. Like yeah. I still, I, yeah, for sure. You got that one. Like, okay. you see, and, like, and I'm a Scarface fan. So that whole, that whole rap a lot. You know what I'm saying? All them artists and them and Yuck Mouth. And the way that they got down, you know, and really progressed the South because nobody wasn't talking about Texas and Using mm-hmm. all that at the time. You know, but they put, they put together. Even going from, from Ghetto Boys, you know what I'm saying, too, all the way back to see how that progression came, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and led into to UGK, you know what I'm saying, and all that. 
But Devin the dude, what he especially did with, with doing hooks for all these type of artists yeah. and still have his pen immaculate. Mm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you do underrated. hear from him, come through clowning. Yeah. It's like Devin the dude, he that dude. Like <laughs> That's it. That's all you can say with that. Like Devin the Dude is a is a fucking like anybody who would even remotely try to say Devin the Dude is not a legend, you're just not paying attention. Like you just you can't be familiar with Devin the Dude for me for you to say he's not a legend. And then he's still uh, dropping albums. Like yeah. I think he dropped one last year, two years yeah, ago. Yeah. yeah, and people don't talk about it; they take him for granted. But Devin the Dude is fucking amazing. Um, outside of that, uh, I got one more I wanted to hit you guys can with. I- and- my fault. Since we're talking about Devin the Dude, I feel like one more legend that I know y'all probably may not be able to agree with me on Currency. Are you familiar with Currency? Ooh. You think Currency's a legend? Oh, no question about it. Like, he drops music. He even says he drops them like they slippery. Mm. He's consistently dropping like five, six, seven projects a year. Okay. What was it? Two, was it 2020, I think? He literally dropped a project every month. Oh, wow. Like, mm. on all streaming services. He's probably the most consistent artist that don't get his flowers. Him and Pusha T are my two legends that don't ever get their flowers, I feel like. That don't even get me started on Pusha T. Pusha T goes down as one of the greatest to ever do a period. In my, like, I, it's going to be one of those things where I think Pusha T won't get his flowers from, like, the mainstream until he gets, like, inducted into either the hip-hop or rock and roll hall and fame. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about currency because nobody's really checking for currency. Like he has yeah. a cult following. His cult's strong now. Okay. Yeah. But um, like he's probably he's always been in my top five favorite rappers hands down just because it's so relatable. Because a lot of people, a lot of people that I've talked to, like a lot of the older folks don't like the way he rap. They say mm-hmm. it's like lazy, slow. But I'm like, yo, if you listen to it, it's really just all lifestyle rap. Yeah. He's the weed don't stop you from working spokesperson. So it's just like. I don't know. But um, I did have a question for y'all, because we actually talked about this on our pod today. Okay. Um, can y'all name an artist who doesn't have a bad album? Ooh. Excluding Kendrick, of course. Oh, wow. That's, yes. Outcast. Show me one. Okay. <laughs> okay, yep. Um, you can't argue that at all. <laughs> I was I was, I was, was about to be like, yeah, but speaker box in the look. No, no. no. <laughs> And like, I <laughs> so like, that went diamond. And yeah. in our discussion, that was one of the obvious. That was like, okay, yeah. Uh-huh. For me, I thought just for what he does and like the level of skill, Ghostface Killer, because all his all his mm. albums that I've listened to are like mm. watching the Tarantino flick. That's true. But I mean, you could you could say the same about Raekwon. Only built for Cuban Links one, two. Uh, damn, he just came out with one last year, uh, a year or two ago too. But for his quality, it's been consistent all the way through. Mainstream doesn't fuck with Raekwon out solo albums like that, but I mean, I don't think any of his solo albums are bad. Um, but yeah, the Out- Outcast is the answer there. I don't think you can. Yeah, it's undisputed. Yeah. Um. Oh, I can. I can go outside of of hip hop and R and B though. Sam Smith. Really? I've seen, and I'm, I'm not hip. Sam Smith is not, especially because he only makes albums when he gets his heart broken. Fucking amazing. Like the kind. <laughs> like if he ever tries to drop, it's like you know, like some. I hate saying this because it sounds fucked up. But you know, like with some rappers, once they get clean, that first album after they get clean, it's trash. Shout out to Eminem. Um, <laughs> but Sam Smith, I'd never want to see Sam Smith make an album if he if he's happy. If he's in a relationship and happy, he's gonna be trash. I just know it. Now, if we're going outside of hip hop, mm-hmm. Kurt Franklin, and he has to have legendary. This dude, oh, this dude, take that back for over thirty years, bro. Lil John and Eastside Boys don't have a don't have a bad album. That may that is one of the greatest three peats in all of hip hop history. You know what? Hey, that's that's real. You got it. <laughs> How did I not think Lil John man? 
because Crumb Juice was fired. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. got it. You yeah. got it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, damn, I had something I was about to ask you. Knew we got sidetracked. I forgot My fault. what the I mean was. It. No, you good. You good. Um, damn, it was somebody I was going to bring up. Can J. Cole make that list? Oh, no. J. Cole definitely has a whack album. For your eyes only? Yeah, that's shit. Really? <laughs> It's, it's definitely my that's body, J. Cole. You, that's the album you pick? <laughs> yeah, what were you picking? Uh, Sideline Story? No, that's not a whack album. A whack album? Man, that was not whack, album? bro. It had, it had singles, but like, for your eyes, oh, man. As a, as now, the thing that, 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 that hurt that <laughs> album, the thing that hurt that album is it literally dropped right after a classic mixtape. Yeah. That should have been the album. Yeah. But for your eyes, oh, man, that album made me feel everything. To me, that's what some of J. Cole's best work. Content wise, yeah, but as a as a as a as a cohesive project, no, that's that's no. And I'm a J. Cole fan. Keep in mind, I'm the one who got in an argument with your boy Devin when he called J. Cole boring. So like <laughs> his his co host on this podcast. I watched that episode. Yeah, yeah, I felt that like But I mean, he he wasn't wrong though. No, J. Cole is not boring, bro. I I, I oh love J. Cole, but I also don't listen to J. Cole for the same reasons I think other people do. Mm. Like, when I listen to J. Cole, I'm not listening for, per se, lyrics as I am, as much as I am content. Okay. With, J., okay. with J. Cole, like, I usually feel his music. Like, um, the Forest Hill Drive album. Mm-hmm. I love that album, because it was bar for bar, kind of beat everything. You just felt a lot of things. Yeah. And then... I also see them live, so I'm always biased to the artists that I see live as well. I feel you. So, um, but yeah, For Your Eyes Only, I thought it was a great project. It was short, sweet. It brought all the feelings out that he normally does. Like, was it the last song, I think, where he used to be the ultrasound and the heartbeat? And beat? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I bet we're sitting there tearing up, like, trying not to talk to nobody. Like, that's some of J. Cole's best work, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. How about this? Let's let's because I can't remember the artist I was gonna bring up to you. What's the? Oh no, that's what I, that, that's what it was. Tech Nine. It's Tech Nine a legend. Oh hell yeah. We're all from the Midwest, so it's different. I, I feel like this. It's hard for people in the Midwest <laughs> to have a conversation about Tech Nine, um, because how could you be in the Midwest? Like Tech Nine is a legend. If for nothing else, like as much as like we artists having their independence, he was the first artist to have. A platinum album, 100% independent. People never talk about that fact. Worldwide tours of never having a major label behind him. So, like, Tech 9 is, a, and like, rapping ability or whatnot. That's why I say, like, some things, you're a legend for what you do culturally. And there are, again, people who are benefiting from the ground that Tech 9 broke who probably don't even fucking know it. Right. Because uh, where I grew up, like, I grew up in a predominantly white area. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I saw... A, Tech Nine through other people's eyes in the crowds that he were brought together that he introduced to hip hop himself just by being um, I don't know if he was a juggler I'm not familiar with the whole yeah. culture yeah but just with the face painting the people he traveled with he introduced people in areas to hip hop who would never have like reached it any other way so for that I'm like yeah for sure like cause I know people who will say they hate hip hop but they love Tech Nine right yeah and I feel like you you have to be a legend to get those audience who openly say they don't fuck with your whole genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to bring them in and yeah. have them knowing every bar mm-hmm. and the way that he rapped. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, know what I'm saying. Like, like if you if you if you can memorize that and you're not even a hip hop fan, you know what you just bring to the culture. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. You really put your stamp on it. Like it, it takes a special individual to have that type of power for sure to cross you know? genres, especially mm-hmm. at a time where like the internet wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. That's all fair. Um. 
Last last question that I got, and this came up to me right right before we were about to start. What's the worst album by a legendary artist in your opinion? Oh wow. Ooh. I'll go first since you guys are thinking. Um, and this is only uh, this is only uh, the forefront of my mind because I had a conversation about it like a month or two ago. But Kingdom Come by Jay Z is terrible to me. It's it. I I get it. We were excited to see Jay come back, but I've re I've gone back and listened to the album in the last year, and it's it it was worse than what I thought it was back when it first came out. That album it didn't fit, like Jay Z's passion, his bravado. Everything was missing from that album for me as a Jay fan. And keep in mind, I'm a Jay fan. Jay Z's birthday is the day before my birthday. That's how like I I I feel like I was born to love Jay Z music. And that album to me, I it it's two songs I can go back to and listen from that album. Everything else is, and I don't know if it was like him being in his head because it was the Dame split. Cam was coming at his neck, something fierce during then. It just felt like Jay was off his game. And as somebody who's never let themselves be seen off their game, that whole album to me was just like a what the fuck. I think I gotta go with the last meal, man. When Snoop went to No Limit, okay. And and don't get me wrong, I ain't saying Snoop always been the the most lyricist. But when you look at his body of work, yeah. you know, the albums that he put out, the bangers that he got, Snoop got albums. Yeah. His No Limit days. That that whole No Limit era, that's why that versus to me he lost, because he went to too many fucking songs from that era. I'm like, Snoop, what the fuck are you doing? Like, nobody cares about No Limit Snoop. But yeah, like, No Limit Snoop, man, it, 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 it wasn't it. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you had KOC? You had the dopest producer in the game at the time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I expected more. Yeah, I feel that. I think I'm going to have to go, and this is probably completely different. I'm going to have to go Yeezus by Kanye. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. And, like, because at first I thought it was like, okay, maybe I just wasn't ready for it at the time it dropped. And then I went mm. back and re-listened to it. I'm just like, mm, still not there. But just off the top of my head, that's the one that comes to mind. Because Kanye forever a legend. But I think that album, for me, was just like, it hurt a little bit. All right. I, All see right. That. I think I got maybe one, one or two songs off that, that Blood on the Leaves. Mm-hmm. And, it'd be, and it, that's for production. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. But beyond that, I really can't think of nothing on Jesus I really mess with. You know, even when it came out, yeah, it's nothing like that. That was about it. Uh, what else I could add to that? Uh, Revival by M, for sure. That goes without saying. Um, testing, ASAP Rocky was fucking terrible. Um this is this is this may get me some hate. Lasers, Lupe. No, you're 100. percent Okay. Right, to, cool. to me, that's my least favorite Lupe album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where that's that was like a turn in Lupe. Like at that point, it was just like, all right, he's he's. I don't. For me, Lupe hasn't bounced back from that. For me. Oh, oh, the person that was it Tetsuo and Youth, I think, was one that he dropped not too long ago. Yeah. Or the, before his latest one. That one I thought was phenomenal. Okay. And that's one you're of those right, you're right, you you're can right. flip that backwards too. Yeah, you're that right. That was dope. Um, oh, can I ask a random music question? I know mm-hmm. it's off topic. Okay. What did y'all think of that Meek Mill Kobe bar? Oh. Listen, <laughs> there's very few bars that you can drop that universally would make people tell you to shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> that was one of them. Really? Mm-hmm. It's All just right. like, to me... It's too soon. Had that been five years from now, we're still healing from Kobe. You feel me? So, like, because of that, and I mean, it, it's it's read the room, bro. Read the room, and I don't even right. like using that phrase. Read the room, man. Uh, I got I got to agree with Cuz on that, and I mean, you know, it's been other egregious bars out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but like you said, the timing, like you know, what what Kobe meant for the culture. We talking about the time of the anniversary, exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, like you you do this right now, you know, 
I mean, I, I understand, you know, trying to get paid, blow up like the world trade. I mean, you you got other bars out there that was like, <laughs> damn, at the time, but yeah, man, you, you should have held on to that one for, for, for a little bit longer, man. Yeah. Okay, so now what if, and I was just thinking about this the other day, what if, because there's artists who make egregious bars like that all the time. Would that be different if it came from, say, Eminem? Who's known for like antics or something like that, or do you think maybe just because it I was think loose? anybody who would have dropped that bar, the only person who I could possibly possibly see getting getting away with that bar would be Drake, and that's just because his friend fans don't give a fuck what he does. <laughs> he got a high. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like it, like other than that, I really don't think anybody else could really say that bar and it'd be like, oh, okay, it's cool. Maybe Wayne, because Wayne be Only on because other... people at this point would, would be like, all right, how high were you when you wrote <laughs> Exactly. <for me?" laughs> and we know we not, so. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, I... Because yeah, my initial reaction, I'm like, it's a bar. Like, it made me feel something. Like, yeah. but, that's what, and that, but that's what art's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. This is true. But that's just purely at face value, taking away history, any personal attachments, which again is insensitive. Just I'm thinking from an artist's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, ooh, that's a bar. But it is really too soon. And uh, I think Freddie Gibbs had a line talking about like since Kobe died, now he cried whenever he go yeah. to LA. Which is and he said that's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. more so homage than gun reference, I guess. Right. It's just like if somebody after that soon after Nip died made a made a bar about getting kicked in the head after getting shot. Like motherfuckers would have crucified. Still to this day, Nip is one of those people you can't. And Kobe is right there with him, and because they they were so close, they passed away so close to each other, and we're still in the middle of getting over a fucking pandemic. Nobody wants to hear the talk. Honestly, shit. and that's how I marked the whole pandemic because I remember like <laughs> finding out when we uh we're working from home. Like I found out we were working from home the week after Kobe. Yeah, it's like Kobe was the last thing holding the universe together. Once he was gone, it was just all <laughs> fell apart. I don't even want y'all in here no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but no, I was I was always curious because I'm like I'm conflicted, but I get it though, and I, and I'm sure it has to be tough for people in LA and the West Coast. Yeah, me, definitely. I'm just a Kobe fan, like Kobe in basketball. Yeah, it's a fan, so I'm like, oh, that's a bar, but nah. All right, last thing before we go. Um, because people ask, and this is the thing, and maybe we can. This is what we can do. We can all come back at some point and, and follow up on this. Top five dead or alive. Corey, go first. I hate this question. Today's gonna be Kendrick, undisputed, one through four. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so Kendrick, of course, is gonna be my number one. My number two, Big Crit. Okay. Mm. Like Love Big Crit. Crit. Again, that's another legend who don't get the flowers. I feel Only like because he he's from the South. Yeah. If 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 Big Crit was from New York, it would be completely different shit. But like, yeah, I didn't, and that's the one concert I went to. Like, I identify with his music personally. If yeah, that's number two. Number three gonna be Currency. Um, just because, like I said before, my personal attachment to it. Um, then I would have to put I would put the Weekend in my fourth spot just because I love the Weekend and his his catalog speaks for itself. And my fifth one is the tough one. I want to say outcast, but I feel like that's obvious. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to stay away from the obvious. So fifth, I would have to probably go. I'll probably say Saba. Mm. Okay. All right. With the honorable mention of Isaiah Rashad. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. All right. Now I think mine. Of course, it can flip flop day to day. Um, I know you said the the obvious, but I got three three taxes to go for mine. Which is you know, fair. I mean, yeah. Southern Playlist came out when I was in sixth grade. My music teacher put me on. He held me back from class like, hey, I need you to hold up real quick. Put the tape in. Like, oh. Mm. 
I was sold for life. So I got three stacks as my number one. Um, Jay, Scarface, Most Def, mm-hmm. Kendrick, and my, my interchangeable is Cole. He can get in there most days. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 my five sixes. Okay. Uh, can I... I would. I just want to add also Wale and Kid Cudi. I feel like those are two legends that we didn't mention earlier in the conversation. Mm, okay. Um, just because you can hear Kid Cudi's influence in today's music across the board. Like Kid Cudi probably saved your favorite rapper's life if you're around like my age group. For sure. Right. Right. And um, Wale, I feel like is just one of the best lyricists ever to do. Okay. Um, I already said I buried the lead. Black Thought is number one for me. That one of the greatest MC of all time, in my opinion. And I know that's not going to be a popular one, but I really don't give a fuck. Um, Kendrick, Cole, I mean, uh, Kendrick, Jay. Um, this is where it starts getting tough. <laughs> where he always gets left out. Yeah, because it's, it's difficult. Um, we're, at, we're, we're including groups, right? Can we accru- include groups in this? UGK number four for me personally, because UGK's music is something that speaks to my soul and where I am to this right now as a man. UGK's music speaks more than what my mindset is right now than probably anything else. Um, shit, I I gotta give it to X, DMX. Yeah. And 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 five B, I would say, including the mixtapes that dropped around this time, Carter one through three, Little Wayne. So that's it. Yeah, but DMX to to this day, like especially as a man who admittedly went through depression and came out, like DMX's music is just it's soulful to me. Like, it's gospel. Yeah. So, if I could add one more, I know I'd add, like, ten now. <laughs> uh, first three album, Kanye. Okay. Two, yeah. No, I didn't uh, say first four. Like, uh, up to, up until My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Fantasy. That Kanye was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish we had that Kanye. We need that Kanye right, right. now. Man. Um, Have you ever listened to uh, Consequence? Yeah. Like, his old, what was the project? Yeah. Was it, uh, shoot, not good-ass job. I forget the name of the, the project. This cartoon with him on the cover. Um, oh, shoot, I can't think of that. I'm going to have to look it up later. But, yeah, that's when I realized I didn't know that he wrote for Kanye. Yeah. And mm. so, to me, that's a new Kanye project. Oh, wow. <laughs> Going yeah. back and listening to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And he yeah. hasn't been the same since him and Consequence fell out. That's the reason for that. But, um, all right. Uh, go ahead and give him your social media, Corey. Give him your social media. Let's get the fuck up out of here. Um, you can follow me personally at The Work Husband, A or T H E W R K Husband. And then you can follow our podcast, The Socially Unacceptable Podcast, at A Dope Little Podcast, um, A D O P E L I L Podcast. And then also every other week, we also do the Tyish Podcast. Really dope. Uh, we definitely encourage people to check it out. I'm not used to talking about myself, so I'm apologizing for <laughs> this. All but yeah, that's us. All right, Cuzzo. All right, you can catch me at Instagram, Snapchat, Dem underscore Donna, D-E-M-M underscore D-O-D-D-A. Also, check out the Sism Podcast on Young Neil's channel on Facebook. I mean, <laughs> not, not, sorry about that. On YouTube, I do apologize. It's the bourbon. My bad. <laughs> but Young Neil's podcast on, um, on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Anchor, all your major streaming social sites. Check us out. There you have it. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, at CEO H-A-I-Z-E, on every social media platform that I want you to follow me at. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmo.com. And then lastly, if you want to send us a voicemail so I can play it on the podcast, you can do so at 614-547-2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, I'm out this bitch. Peace. That's it. We did it.
That was, oh, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, it was, that was dope. Fun, man. Yeah, yeah, that was dope. <laughs> that was fun. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.